Well, it's good to see the family here today, every one of you. Raise your hand if you didn't get an outline. One will be given to you. If you need an outline, raise your hand. There's plenty of them. Uh, this morning, as Pastor Anna mentioned, I spoke in Napa at our Napa church, and so I printed out a whole bunch of outlines, so we got tons of them. Take one home, pass one to your neighbor. There's a lot of scriptures on this outline as we get into this message. Uh, I just couldn't get a, away from listing all the scriptures. I had to list them in there in order for you to understand the context. And give our children a big hand as they go to kids' church. Yes. Bye, kids. Come back a little bit. All right. Well, you, how many remember what the connection time thing was? What was it, Raquel? God is the ultimate authority. I'm going to be speaking on authority, God's authority today. But one of the things I enjoyed as a young boy was imagining, and I think this might be a, a guy thing, maybe not, it could be a, a girl thing, but how many wished when you were just a child you had a secret weapon that you could use against somebody? You know, maybe, maybe whatever that was, a secret weapon, and... Um, the secret weapon I had in mind when I was a kid was I thought to myself, I would love to fly like underdog, like Superman, right? So, see, I just dated myself big time when I said underdog. You sat half a year going, who was underdog? That was a cartoon just a couple years ago. Anyways, Superman, he could fly. And uh, I would get on roofs with my dad when I was a young kid. We would fix roofs and do this and do that and I'd often think, man, it'd be so cool to just jump off of here and fly. And now I never tried that because, you know, there's gravity, this thing called gravity. But I thought when I was young that, you know, this makes sense because I had an interest, a fascination with being an astronaut. Everything of NASA fascinated me when I was a young boy, the, the moon landing and all that stuff. It really fascinated me. So I really wanted to fly. But then I got into my teens and I discovered that carnival rides, like the carousel, got me dizzy. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not going to cut it out as an astronaut. I'm not going to cut it. And that was the end of my secret weapon power. You know, it just kind of vanished. But how many would admit that you had a, like a, a thought at one time, wouldn't it be nice to have a secret power, right? So we're in agreement there. Well, one thing that I want to tell you today is that the enemy's secret power is lies. Lies, lies, lies. If you haven't figured that out, you will. The enemy goes about lying about each of you. The Bible says he's, he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But in that process, he's telling others about you, about you, and whispering to you lies that you would accept the lie and not the truth. That's how the enemy works. The enemy is seeking to destroy the vision that God has for each of you. And um, I wanted to remind you here, this is the first scripture on your outline of what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 4. Listen to these words. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, a few weeks ago, I, I spoke and I, and I mentioned that I was at Costco shopping with my wife. How many were here when I ran into three guys? You were here, you heard me say that. And it was, it was kind of silly because at that time, 
Uh, Anna and I walked in on a Saturday morning to Costco. Three guys walked in. It, it wasn't a Saturday morning. It was an evening. It was after work. These three guys were under the influence of something. They were belligerent. They were loud, foul mouth as they walked in right around the same time we walked in. Well, they went, I think they headed to the restroom is where they went. And then we ran into them, or I should say, I ran into them in Costco. I'm pushing my cart, and I see the three of them. They're kind of blocking my way to get down an aisle. So I said, excuse me, there was enough room, and I went by. And all of a sudden, I heard the loud belligerent. How many know there's always one loud and belligerent one? Always in any crowd. And he said, well, that was a little close. I think an apology, something about an apology. You say, say you're sorry. And I whipped my cart around, and I headed back. And I'm doing the exact opposite of what the spiritual battle is supposed to be. I thought, hmm, the old Rick's going to come out right now. And I went right up to him. I said, excuse me. I said, uh, uh, excuse me. He goes, well, I didn't hear you. And I said, well, you better put your listening ears on. And they were just like, and just looking at me. And then they walked away. But how many know that's not the way to handle those types of situations? Even Pastor Rick falls short sometimes in those areas. But sometimes our flesh just wants to spring out and just shout something in the moment. And we look back and say, Oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. We, usually it's the next day, or usually when we get home, we say to ourselves, I never should have said that. I never should have uttered what came out of my lips. Because once you say it, you can't pull it back. It's out there. It's been declared. Amen? Yeah. Now, if you fight your battles that way, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. You're going to be one mess after another mess after another mess. You're going to be a walking battle zone if that's the way you fight your battles. Now, maybe some of you were like me at Costco and you're proud of the way it, it worked out for you this week. Maybe you're, you're thinking, well, Pastor Rick, you know, there's a scripture that says we're more than conquerors, that I can do all things in Christ Jesus, and that you take those scriptures and you twist them out of context and you walk around with an attitude like that, well, it's going to get you into trouble is what that scripture is going to, or with that attitude. It's going to get you into trouble. But I want to remind you that Jesus didn't walk around with an attitude like that. In fact, his attitude was to love on people. He was a peacekeeper, amen? Yes. He was a peacekeeper. Now today, I want to speak to each of you about your secret weapon that you have. Maybe you don't realize that you have this secret weapon, but I want to speak to you today on authority. Look at your neighbor and tell them authority. The, the Bible mentions this term in, in the New Testament. It says, the God of this world. Do you understand that it's not talking about Jesus? and not talking about Almighty Heavenly Father when it says that term. It says the God of this world is a, a reference to Satan. And it's saying that the God of this world is, is maneuvering and, and trying to do all these things, throwing lies at you every day, discouraging you, telling you that you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't drive from American Canyon, Vallejo to Sacramento, it's too far for you, you can't no longer do that, constantly throwing lies at your face to keep you in a little box, basically like I always tell people, right here in your back pocket like I have my handkerchief. He wants to keep you Locked away under lock and key, the devil does. God's kingdom is completely opposite 
to the way the enemy works and the way the enemy attacks. Amen. Now, I want to read a, our next scripture found in Matthew chapter 28. And this is really the key scripture here. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, who's them? To the 12, to the disciples. All authority, everybody say all. All. Authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus declared those words. Let me remind you of this. Moses, David, Elijah, the prophets of the New Testament, none of them said all power has been given to me. The only one that ever uttered those words is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the one, the only one that said all power has been given to me. Amen? Now, even with that power and authority, Jesus still, as we illustrated here just a few moments ago, gave his life for you that you might have eternal life. He had all authority. He didn't have to go to the cross. Yet he willingly went to the cross for each of you. Let me just describe a few instances in the life of Jesus of what authority meant. How many remember the story of where he calmed the storm and and the disciples are in the boat First of all, who's been in a boat here before where the waves are, 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 are pretty intense? I know Lisa probably has. She's probably been in a boat with the, with the waves and the ocean. And when you're in the ocean, that's when it gets scary. It, I mean, if it's deeper than five foot nine, I'm in trouble, right? Because I'm not a good swimmer. But here Jesus is in the boat with his disciples and they're panicking. They're starting to, to, to worry for their safety, and if you look this up, the literal Greek word where, where Jesus calms the storm, we know Jesus calmed the storm, Amen. but it paints the picture of Jesus actually doing this. And the storm calmed. That's, that's how it paints it in Greek. Jesus had all authority. And, and where I'm going with this is that each of you have authority today. And it's your secret weapon to declare in the kingdom of God, to use that. Amen? Amen. How about the, another time when he was in the town of Capernaum? The Bible says that he was in the synagogue. And I've been to Capernaum in Israel, and I've been to supposedly this synagogue because it goes on to say that there was a, uh, a woman with a fever right next door in Peter's house. That woman was his mother-in-law. And, and so I went in that house as well. But here he is. Jesus is in the synagogue And there was a demon-possessed man in the house of God. Let me repeat that again. There was a demon-possessed man in the house of God. And that's just for all of you that think that nothing evil can walk in through these doors. Let me tell you, anything is possible, right? But we have authority to walk over that, to, to exercise that out. Amen? So again, Jesus came upon this man And this man began to get all crazy and yell at him because he recognized, he goes, I know who you are. You're the Holy One. The Holy One, the Bible says. See, the the spirits of the enemy will recognize the presence of God. And they have to flee. They have to go. When you walk in authority, they have to go. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? And then then the, the, the story of the fever where he went in and prayed for Peter's mother in law. 
Now, I know some of you men might, might have said, well, Jesus, she's all right. Just leave her alone and, and kept on going, right? But, so, but Peter, uh, Jesus did the right thing. He went in and prayed for Peter's mother-in-law. And immediately, the Bible says the fever was gone. In fact, it says that she went and attended to them. That's how, it wasn't, well, I got to recover from this. I'm a little weak. I need some water. She immediately was healed, 100%. Amen? Amen. We know that Jesus also cursed the fig tree, one that wasn't given. He cursed it. He walked in authority in all his ways every day of his life. Jesus was walking in the authority he had in heaven and on earth every day, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesday night, small group, not just on whatever day that is. He walked in authority every single day of his life. Now, I want to take you through some scriptures here. This is the second key scripture found in Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Listen to what Jesus said again. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and, everybody say the word, authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He gave his disciples authority. Now, you may be sitting here saying, Pastor Rick, I'm not John the disciple. I'm not Peter. I'm not any of the other disciples. It doesn't matter. You have received that power. You have the same authority they did. Amen? The same authority that they did to have to drive out demons and to cure diseases. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 1. I want to read three verses there, and then we're going to skip on. But it starts in verse 1. It says this, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two, ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. So here again, he he first sent out his 12 disciples. Now he's got another group of Church is expanding. It's getting bigger. Now he's got 72 people he wants to send out. And he appointed them and sent them out. Amen? And and listen to what it says in verse 17 now. As we skip down Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. The same authority that Jesus gave the 12 disciples, he gave to these 72. And guess what happened after that? These 72 gave authority to the followers that they had. And those followers gave authority to the ones they had. It's, it kept on going. It kept on multiplying. Amen? It didn't just stop with the 12. Are you seeing that? Amen. Jesus, you see, gave us a secret weapon. And I don't believe our kingdom culture here is to walk in that authority, that secret weapon, which is authority. We need to walk in that authority every day of our life. Amen? Unfortunately for some of us in our church world, it's a secret. They don't know. They don't walk in it. They don't take advantage of it. Now, here's here's the other thing. I'm not trying to say... If you've, if you've gone to school recently, gone back to school, 
not trying to say that, okay, well, Pastor Rick is saying, I can walk in all authority, and I can begin to say, um, teacher, uh, Mr. Wolf, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, because the Bible says I'm more than a conqueror, and uh, I don't have to pay attention to your nonsense. No, it's not saying that. I think sometimes, or, or even at work, if you have that manager that you don't want to listen to, and well, I rebuke you. No, you're going to be out of a job here real soon if you say that. I think sometimes we take those scriptures as Christians and we misconstrue them, take them out of context because it says, I am more than a conqueror, so therefore I can have an attitude or I don't have to listen to what you... No, in fact, it's quite the opposite if you're a believer. And I'm going to get to that here shortly. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Let's go down to verse 19. And here's, here's another example of this. I... This is Jesus speaking. Have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all, everybody say all, the power of the enemy. Nothing, everybody say nothing, nothing. will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's the main thing. Don't get caught up in the, in the power of authority. He's saying, get caught up the fact that your names are written down in my little black book of life and that you're going to have eternal life. That's what he's seeing. I, I think a lot of people too often get caught up in authority. You ever seen that? People get caught up in authority because they like to bark orders. They like to bark at people. And all they are is a little chihuahua. You ever heard those little chihuahuas? I've seen them because I grew up with them. But I don't have one now. Amen. Jesus gave us authority. We're to walk in authority. Amen? Amen? So not only did he give these 70 men authority, he gave that to you and I as a born-again believer, as, a, as members of the body of Christ, which you are. If you call yourself a born-again believer, you have authority given to you. It's been given to you. It's, it's, a, it's a present that God gave you the moment you confess the Lord as your Savior, the moment He filled you with, your, with His Spirit, amen? Yes. Jesus stated, I give you all authority. Did you catch that? You know, here's, here's another important thing. Sometimes, you know, our culture, our world teaches us this, that if we want something, we got to work hard for it. You know, I want... Uh, bigger muscles, i got to work hard for it. If I want to lose weight, i got to work really hard for it. And as a Christian, we can think, well, if I want authority, i got to work really hard for it. No. Jesus gives it to you. Free. It's His grace. Amen? It's His grace. Everybody say grace. Grace, grace is unmerited favor. It means you don't deserve it. And neither do I. None of us do. But yet Jesus said, I want to give you authority. How many know you can't earn authority, but it's given to you? It's one thing in the Bible you cannot earn. Just like you can't earn your salvation, it's given to you. Amen? How many leaders do we have in here? Managers, maybe small group leaders, outside in your workplace. Raise your hand if you've been a leader at one time or another, right? Okay, let, let me... Was that authority as a leader given to you by somebody? It certainly was. You, you may have earned it in the workbook, but somebody bestowed that upon you. Somebody gave you a title. Somebody gave you the authority to walk in it. You didn't just one day just say, well, today I'm going to walk 
in my workplace with authority and boss all these people around. They're going to look at you going, who does this person think he is? And you're going to be walking all by yourself and nobody's going to be following you. That's what people do that think they have authority. They're walking by themselves. Nobody's following them because they're like this. You ever have that person at, at work that's the, the one that's authoritative, but he's just barking out, barking out? All that is is really a tyrant. It's not a leader. Leaders lead. They don't, they don't need to bark out authority uh, responses or, or commands. You will follow a leader. Amen? Amen? Now, one of the things that I want you to understand here is that God's intention from the very beginning of, of the Bible was so that you would have authority. Genesis 1, verse 26, it's not on your outline, but it says that, if, if you recall, it says, let us make man in our image, let us, so that uh, he would have dominion or rule over all the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. Remember that scripture? It says that he will rule over all. See, that's authority. It was granted to us in the Garden of Eden. But when sin came, when that slimy serpent deceived with his lies, Adam and Eve, then that authority was removed. Did you know that? Did, did you catch that? Authority can be removed. If you have authority today, it can be taken away from you tomorrow. Amen. That's a fact. In your job, just, just try... Never mind. I won't even go there. But you know what I mean. Authority is given and it can also be taken away. Jesus knew this and he wants you to walk in authority. See, it starts with the throne of God, this authority. And, and it starts with him. We live differently as believers. We think differently as believers. And, and if you're trying to do it like the world does, You've got it all twisted. It's upside down. Our world and the ways of this world are so opposite to the ways of God. Amen? Now here, I want to take you to Luke chapter 7. And I, I'm, I'm, heading, I'm heading to the finish line here. Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 1. Luke chapter 7 out of the NIV says this. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening... He entered Capernaum, again, the city where he performed many miracles. There, a centurion servant, let me stop there. A centurion was a Roman officer who was in charge of a hundred soldiers. Let me tell you, that's authority right there. He was, he was over a hundred soldiers. So this man was a man of authority. Again, verse 2, there was a, there a centurion servant whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to ask him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. And they said this, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. Can I just stop right there and just tell you this one thing? We don't deserve anything. What we have is because of the grace of God. Amen. The, these Jewish men mistakenly said, well, Pastor Rick, he, he, he allowed us to be here in, in, in this church. And, and so you need to go pray for this person right now because he gives so much to the kingdom. No, no, it doesn't work that way. We don't earn our way to heaven. Everything God's given us is by grace. Amen. 
And, and what this soldier, what the centurion understood, and, and, and listen to this, listen to this. Actually, starting in verse 6, I, I got ahead of myself for a moment. Verse 6, so Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Verse 7, that is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For if I myself, a man under authority with soldiers under me, I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. Turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such a great faith even in all of American Canyon or Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Can we get an amen there? Amen. amen. See, it wasn't so much about that the centurion was saying, just say the word and he shall be healed. Yes, he did have an amazing amount of faith. But what Jesus is really saying here is this man understood how authority works. See, Jesus was under authority from the Father. The Bible says he could do nothing outside the Father. The Father was the authority figure. Then Jesus, and then Jesus gave authority. There's always a precedent. There's always somebody that has more authority over you. I don't care where you're at, where you work, there's always somebody that has more authority over you. Now, the centurion knew that in order to have authority, you had to be given authority. He knew who Jesus was. He was a man of authority. He didn't quite have it figured out. He didn't know who Jesus was. He had heard of him and the mighty miracles he had done. But I'm sure after that took place, I'm almost positive we will see this man in heaven. Amen. As a Christ follower, God is our authority. God is our authority. Because of that, we can then operate in authority. But here's where I get to share the secret to walking in authority. It's a simple term. It's a simple word, actually. Let's go to James chapter 4 and verse 7. How many want to walk in authority? Amen. Amen. How many want to walk in authority? Amen. Amen. Listen to these words carefully. In James chapter 4, and I'm going to be reading the Amplified Version, which is up on the screen. So, submit. Everybody say submit. submit. To the authority of God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. And he will flee from you. Wow. Um, right now, I said that word submit. And it, we tend to think of it in the marriage context, but it also involves your, your workplace. You know, if, if you're in a place of leadership and you have somebody under you that doesn't submit to the authority you're dispensing, you're giving, that's a problem. Somebody's going to be out of a job real soon, I would imagine. Amen? Submission is not something that rolls off our lips. Say that again. Submit. Submit. It's almost difficult to say that. We hear the word, but yet, how come it's so hard for us to, to really 
follow through on that. You know, there's in our culture nowadays, believe it or not, and I know you know this, but in our culture, many, many marriages take the word submit out of the wedding vows. In other words, they don't want to say that word. Like the, the woman may not want to say that word to the man or the man may not want to say that word to the woman it just or to God. They take the word out. And I, I just want to remind them, it's like, well, you're going to submit at some point. Some, one of, somebody's got to submit because it doesn't work that way. How many know that? I look at my, my parents' marriage of 60 years. 60 years, okay? Not many people in your lifetime that you get to see get to 60 years of marriage. I've seen total submission in that marriage in both sides. Not just on my mom's side, but on both sides. Any successful marriage, you will see somebody that knows how to submit. Amen? Now, how many grew up where mom and dad taught about submission. Did you grow up in that type of household like I did? Where you knew that you, when your dad said something, you, you submitted. You didn't question him. How many grew up in that, in that type of environment, right? Or, or you got the, the justice, the, the belt of righteousness and so forth was brought out. Amen. Amen. And I got the belt of righteousness, right? My brother Reuben and Reuben, remember, I remember that more than Reuben, let me tell you. Tell your neighbor, look at your neighbor, I submit, to I submit to God. When you can learn how to submit to God, you can learn how to submit to each other. It's not easy, I get that. I know it's not easy. But believe me, if you want to have God's blessing in your life, learn to submit. Amen? Another, let me give you an example. How many like UFC fights, cage fights? You've seen those fights, a few hands going up. There's all, usually this is the way it ends. There's a guy on the ground and there's another guy with his arm like this. Right? And this guy, this guy, he has to do this. That means he taps out. He submits to the other guy. The other guy wins. And now, God doesn't want to have to do that in our lives. But let me tell you, God loves you sometimes, so much that he may have to tap you, have you tap out and say, I give up, Lord. I submit to your will. Now, he doesn't want to have to do that, but sometimes he has us hit rock bottom until we realize, Lord, I knew it all along. Forgive me for not submitting earlier. I knew I should have done it. And when you tap out and you realize, God, you've opened that door. Thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for loving me through all this. How many have been there? How many know what I'm talking about there? Authority, again, only comes to those that are willing to submit. Uh, and our last example I would share with you is our, our peace officers, police officers. You know all about what authority is. In fact, if, if, if uh, Brother Dan here pulls you over someday, which unless you're going down where he works at, it's highly unlikely. But if he does, he has all authority to do that for any number of reasons. And anytime you see those blue lights flashing in your rearview mirror, you better pull over. And you may fight those police officers, officers like many do on social media with their little cameras and they're just wasting their time. And what should take 10 minutes takes an hour. You've seen those videos because they're not willing and they don't know how to submit. These people are in, in a whole world of hurt. Amen. But. But authority is given to police officers to do that. 
And we have to learn to submit to authority at some point. If you don't, it's not going to go well with you. It will not go well with you. You may be here today facing a storm, a spiritual storm, a physical storm, a health storm. And if that's you, God is reminding you through this message today that you have the authority, the authority in the mighty name of Jesus to declare a victory over a healing, over, over a new job, over relationships. You have authority to bind up the enemy and to walk in authority. That's your secret weapon. Are you using that? That's my question to you today. Are you using the secret weapon God has given you freely and said, here, use it? Before, I think too many of us, it's sitting there in the closet and it's got dust on it. And we haven't shaken it off. It's just sitting there. It looks pretty. And we know it's there. But we're not using it. God wants you to claim that authority. Amen? I love... We mentioned it during our announcements. Um, Brenda, I'm going to pick on, on you for a second, but you started this family connect group a couple of months back. And uh, both Anna and I were amazed and loved that idea, how you would open your home up to pray for not only your children, but the children of the church and to pray for our families. What a blessing that is. That's that's somebody saying, I'm sick and tired of what the world's doing and I'm going to take authority and I'm going to declare that I'm going to go against the enemy and my home is safe, my children are protected, my home is blessed. That's somebody that's taking the challenge on. Are you taking that challenge? This is, this is now your homework assignment. I want you to take this and I want you to think about it. Is there an area in your life that you're not taking that authority and using it like God wants you to use it. Has God spoken to you on certain areas and you've just neglected it, neglected it, neglected it. And you realize you need to start walking in authority over that situation. I want you to think about that today. Won't you stand with me as we close? Amen. How many are enjoying authority today? The secret weapon. Amen. So as you identify this area of your life. I want you to begin to exercise authority in it. I, be, I want you to begin to walk in this. I want you to, to, to seek what ways you may be able to use authority. And if, if you're not sure, begin to ask God, Lord, show me, guide me how I can walk in authority every day of my life. Let's close our eyes and bow our head this afternoon. Father, we give you thanks. Lord, you're so wonderful to us. First of all, that authority that you give us, we don't earn it. You gave it to us, Lord. It's a gift. And Lord, I, I don't deserve anything beyond what you've given me, which is salvation. I, I don't even deserve that, Lord. But when I turn my life over to you, I say, I submit to you and I say, Lord, have your way. Have your way in my life. And Lord, I no longer lead, but I allow you to lead me. So, Father, as you lead the way, I pray, help me to find what ways in my life I need to submit to you and then walk in authority. Lord, open those doors. Open my eyes, my spiritual eyes to see those areas in my life. I pray for every last one in here from the youngest to the oldest that we would walk in authority this week, that we would bind the enemy, that we would bind sicknesses, infirmities. Lord, 
that we would bind up anything that afflicts us, that comes against us in the name of Jesus, and that we would walk with a God-given authority that you have given us, Lord. Help us to do that every day of our lives. God, that the kingdom of God would grow, that our families would prosper and flourish like you designed them to. Father, we thank you for your goodness. And I, I just want to pray right now, if there's anybody here that wants to walk in authority that, that is saying, Pastor Rick, I hear what you're saying. And from this day forward, I'm going to walk with more authority. I'm going to seek God and I'm going to submit to him and I'm going to let him pour authority in my life and, and I'm going to declare it in all aspects of my life. If that's you, go ahead, just raise your hand because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you this week. I'm going to pray for you. See your hands. Yes, yes, yes. I see your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You see your, the hands of those raised this afternoon. And Lord, we pray, God, your blessing upon them. I pray, God, that you would remind them that they are loved, that they are your beloved. And that, Lord, that you walk with them, that they should not fear anything. Because, Lord, you have given them all authority to walk, to defeat scorpions, to trample any enemy, any demon that comes their way, whether it be at work, whether it be in relationships, whether it be physical affliction, Lord, whatever it may be, Lord, you have given us authority over the enemy. And we receive that this afternoon, Lord. We thank you for it. And I pray, not only strengthen these people that raise their hands, but every one of us, that we would walk in authority, our God-given right. And we thank you, Lord, this afternoon in Jesus' name. And finally, we pray a blessing over the congregation, Lord. I pray, Lord, bless, that the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.